your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Colts and the NFL. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Last Word. This is an exciting weekend. It is jam-packed. We've got football on the way. We've got the NFL draft in less than a week. My name is Jeffrey Gorman. Joined week in and week out. You know him. You hear him. You love him. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Matey, how are you? Hey, I'm great, man. No pressure, but let's go. I'm having fun here on a Friday night, man. What's going on with you? Chris Ballard speaking earlier to the media across the land yep. about what is going on with this roster, about the new additions, about the upcoming draft. Don't forget, fans, the last word brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Listen, Ballard is excited. We were both at the press conference earlier I love when he does this because he does. He, he's pretty transparent. He goes in and says, hey, here's the needs. Here's what we're looking at. Here's the veterans. Here's the free agents. And here's the NFL draft. Okay. The biggest takeaway, we got a lot of takeaways today. We just heard Balor speak earlier today. Your biggest takeaways on where we're at going into the draft and more importantly with the OTAs here and this roster taking shape. Yeah, sure. I mean, most of the conversation today from the local media, a lot of the questions centered around wide receivers going into the draft. You know, Chris talked about receivers around the NFL this offseason getting big money, big time money, and how he weighs that versus drafting a receiver and developing that guy on a rookie contract. I think that's been a big topic of conversation this offseason when you see guys like Tariq Hill and Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Christian Kirk, and Jacksonville. Those guys are getting huge money. And the Ooh. question is, are they worth it? And, and one school of thought is, yeah, you need playmakers in this day and age in the passing game. And the other school of thought is a, the draft is littered with wide receivers every year that you can take and develop, you know, the next big wide receiver in a few years. So it's an interesting debate, interesting conversation. It's one of those years where you're, you could get a wide receiver in the second that is a true first round talent because they're loaded this year with wide receivers across the land. So that's a good thing as far as the Colts and the Colts fan base to keep them happy because everybody's asking about wide receivers and what the Colts are going to do with newly acquired Matt Ryan. Here's Chris Ballard on if the wide receivers making big money this offseason, Maytay talked about it earlier, if it has changed his philosophy on how to acquire a playmaker on offense. Like I think it depends on where you think you're at. Um, you know, do you make that, you know, go for it move where you're giving up, you know, the farm for a wide out? Um, and then paying him inordinate amount of money. Um, I've always thought that, like, the really good defenses, you know, the really good defensive coordinators find a way to take them out of the game. They can. Um, doesn't make them less valuable, but, you know, they find a way. So, to me, it's easier – I don't know if it's easier – but to find a guy in the draft and let them develop. And they don't always hit right away. I mean, we look, I was a part of drafting Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek was great right away as a returner, but it took a few years for him to come on as a wideout. Adams and Green Bay, I mean, I mean, it was year three or year four. I mean, even go back here, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was like year three. Um, but it doesn't mean they can't play and help you and you can play winning football with them. 
sometimes it just takes time. And then balancing that out versus what you have to pay, you'd rather have to, you know, go get your own. The man's respected. The man makes good moves. I mean, GMs are never batting a thousand, Maytay. We know that. There's going to be mistakes along the way. But I love the way Chris Ballard's philosophy is as far as slowly building this roster. I mean, it's it doesn't keep up with the pace that Colts fans want. You know what I mean? They want these big-name players. Hey, this guy's available. We'll talk about Debo Samuel in a minute. I mean, the same thing. But listen, what what are you thinking as far as Ballard saying, I've got faith in the returning players that we have, so everybody sure. just take a breath. We're going to be okay. He likes the wide receivers, the, the skill positions. Um, Chris is a big believer in players being able to handle more and produce more if they are given more of an opportunity. And, and he and Frank Reich... Both guys have not been shy about that all off season, and that, that that dates back to the combine. They think a few guys are really capable of of stepping up, either a Mike Strawn or a Desmond Patman, Ashton Doolin, Kiki QT, and then at tight end, they think they got way more. They can get way more out of Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson now that their roles will increase with Jack Doyle no longer on the roster. So right. they're very high on the guys that they have waiting in the wings to step up. You know, I think sometimes we fall in the trap of just looking at what they've produced so far to this point in their careers and say, this guy only has this many catches or X amount of production. It's not as if they can't do more. They just haven't been called upon yet in their career to produce like the Colts need them to starting next season. Here's the Colts GM on why he has a lot of faith in the returning skill players and most on this roster. Everybody's scared of the unknown. You know, you they're scared of the unknown just because they haven't seen. So they just think, well, let's just go get somebody else. That guy's unknown too. You know, just because the draft projections are high doesn't mean it's automatic success for that guy. So now you're getting guys that we've had in the building here for a couple of years. And, you know, I mean, just take Pitt, for example. I mean, Pitt showed really good flashes as a rookie um, and then came on and had a big year. But, you know, when you got guys like, you know, Paris who has had injuries – um, you got Mike, you got Patman. These are these are big, talented kids who got a year, and they're, you can see their development coming on. It's no different at tight end. Like Mo, like Mo's never been the first option in anything we've ever done. If the coverage dictated the ball going to Mo, he'd get he'd get the football, um, and he was pretty successful when we threw it to him. Um, and then watching Granson. You know, as a rookie, come in and, you know, have a minor contribution. But we see good things in Granson as an athlete and as a route runner and think that he's got a chance to be a really good F tight end. So we think we've got some young players that now given the chance to play, having a chance to to ascend. And then Naheem, like getting him more involved and making sure we get him involved in the passing game. And he's a proven like, I mean, he's a proven player that's that's made a lot of, uh, you know, big plays. So, I, I mean, almost everybody says we, we just lack complete weapons. Well, you know, Jonathan, pretty good. Naheem, pretty good. Pittman, pretty good. There's only one ball now. Do we need to add? Yeah, we do. 
but we also have some young players, too, that can fall into the mix. Bottom line is, if you're not a big name, you have a chance to make a big name. And that's what I'm saying with these young guys. You mentioned guys like Kiki QT, who's been a while, around for a while, and Ashton Doolin, tapping into those guys, what they bring to the table. And I know they're not the, the big needle-moving moves that you want, but the Colts are going to be okay once the NFL draft and free agency is over in the wide receiver position and having skilled players that are still on the roster. What, what's going on with Chris talking about the latest moves in free agency, Mate? Yeah, and he talked about Stephon Gilmore. It became official earlier this week, and he said it made a lot of sense to grab a player of his pedigree and sign him to a respectful contract just as so long as the medicals checked out. Now, remember, Gilmore, he only played eight games last year due to a quad that he suffered mm-hmm. at the end of the 20 season, and the Colts checked that out, and he cleared the physical, and the Colts, you know, obviously they're not going to sign him and make that move if he's not healthy and they don't think he can come in and play at a high level, even at the age of 31. So they think Gilmore can really help that secondary and help improve the passing defense that hasn't been on par with the defense's ability to stop the run or take the ball away in recent years. They think this is a big-time upgrade um, at at the cornerback position in Stephon Gilmore. And this defense right now, Jeffrey, it's exciting to look at it on paper. And I know it's on paper, but you talk about – you know, two studs up front. You still have Darius Leonard taking the ball away on the middle of that defense at linebacker. Now Kenny Moore and Stephon Gilmore in the secondary. Very, very top-end defense, at least on paper, to get Let's you excited go. about. Absolutely. Excitement everywhere on this defense. Here's Chris Ballard on what made Stephon Gilmore the right fit here in Indy. Good medical after we brought him in for medical. We've been kind of tracking um, and keeping our finger on, you know, Stephon the whole time. Feel fortunate to get him. Um, not only the player, but the, who he is, what he stands for. Um, but we've been kind of keeping it and tracking it the whole time. And, you know, finally when we brought him in and got the medical on him, it was really good. We feel really good about where he's at and, and you know, his future. Um, and anytime you got a chance to add a, you know, a, a corner that, you know, with his pedigree, um, you know, at a price tag that you think is good for both parties um, I think you do it and we did may tell you the guy's a game changer former defensive player of the year like you said dinged up last year he's got a home here he's making good money I mean I'm excited about the defensive backfield don't forget Kenny Moore's ready to bust out as he is every game uh, I shouldn't say that he's already busted out he's a pro bowler but fit him with them as well as some additional guys at the corner position that the Colts will acquire in some free agent signings some undrafted free agents don't forget the draft coming up and everything like that so I love what Chris Ballard's doing right now it's a slow Low roll, but the right players are in place. Now, listen, we've got veterans. He's talked about veterans. He likes the veterans that he's bringing back. What did Ballard say about T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, Chris spoke again today and reiterated that he still thinks T.Y. Hilton can play. He still thinks he can contribute in the NFL. And that's the thing. When healthy, T.Y. has still proven he can make some clutch catches and and have some big-time moments. You know, he's only 309 yards away from 10,000 career receiving <sighs> yards. I mean, it's amazing. But I think the problem that that sort of muddies the water or presents a little bit of a, a conflict is that with T.Y. over the age of 30, he missed seven games last year, and he's missed mm-hmm. 16 games over the past four years. So that's something you always have to consider, and I think the Colts are letting everything kind of play out. Chris is always going to be very patient, just like you said. He was very patient with the Stephon Gilmore signing. So we'll we'll see what happens after the draft. But, you know, crossing T.Y. Hilton off your list right now and saying definitively, like, he's not coming back. He's not going to be a Colt next year for year number 12. 
I don't think you can go there just yet. Not yet. Here's Chris Ballard on the ongoing talks with T.Y. Hilton. We'll still, we'll still have some talks with T.Y. I think you all know my feelings towards T.Y. Hilton. Just, and I think he can still play. I think he can still play productive football. Is it more convincing him to want to continue to play? Or yeah, I think it's a lot. I, I think it's a lot of, you know, we just got to sit down and we've had some back and forth. I texted back and forth with him this week, as a matter of fact. Um, and we'll continue to have some discussions. I won't get in-depth with it. Everybody must have a fit. Veterans, rookies alike, Mate, you never know. T.Y. Hilton, I know that he's a Colt favorite. I know he's up on the wall there at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's one guy that you know is going to have you know, his say in the locker room. So you do like that veteran presence. It's going to be fun to watch out and see what Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, and Jim Irsay do with T.Y. Hilton because the Colts offseason program, as we said last week, has begun, okay? In total, the Colts are going to have five weeks of off-season work before two weeks of true OTAs in late May where they'll run plays without pads with everybody on the field. The veteran minicamp is going to be held June 7th through the 9th, which will represent the closest the Colts will have to come play in real football until training camp opens in late July. Mate, the big takeaways, again, a lot of takeaways with the Stephon Gilmore signing, so <laughs> we're sticking with that theme. The big takeaways from what Frank Reich and a few players had to say this week as they reported for yeah. this offseason work. Yeah, I think it's clear that that not everyone is over the end of last season. I, I still think they get think over it. it. Get <laughs> well, over it. it. It's it's still there. And, and Frank Reich put it very, very well. It's like a scar. It's always going to be there. It's, it's going to be a reminder of what happened. So now right now, I think everyone is trying to find the right balance of using that as motivation, but also not letting it linger. And I think Frank said it best this week. He said, hey, when you end the season the way we did, and you add a new defensive system, a new quarterback, a new defensive coordinator. He said, we got a lot of work to do anyway. It's it's full steam ahead, but also knowing and recognizing we have to let how the end of last season uh, continue to, to motivate us so that it doesn't happen again. And I think the other big takeaways were the Colts have really good attendance right now. Even more guys are going to be coming in next week. You know, the defense is going to look similar to last year. Um, but Gus Bradley's scheme is probably, according to Frank Reich, a 30% difference compared to that of Matt Eberflus's. You know, it's probably going to feature some more, you know, man pressure, some different tweaks sure. in the secondary. But Good. those those were the big takeaways for me as we got guys back in the building and, and hearing from Frank Reich again. Love it. This is the last word, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. I am Jeffrey Goreman. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, is here. Don't forget, with the next pick. Okay, the Colts behind-the-scenes video draft series, it returns with episode three next Wednesday, right before the draft. Episodes one and two, they're already available right now on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and all of the Colts social media channels. Listen, when we come back, we're going to talk with one of the newest Colts, free agent pickup Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore talks about why he chose Indianapolis, why he's been one of the best cornerbacks in the game over the last five years, and what he brings to the Colts defense in 2022. Stephon Gilmore coming up next right here on The Last Word. 93.5-1075 The Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Welcome back to The Last Word. Locked into 1974 with the Matt Taylor uh, musical selections on this show today. I love that, Matey. You're going back to your youth when you were listening to to Bread and uh, Super Tramp with your parents. Uh, <laughs> Got to give a little bit there, Jeffrey, right? <laughs> give a little bit. I understand what you're doing. I understand. It's the last word, 93.5, 107.5. The fan, Matt Taylor, Jeffrey Gorman. Don't forget... 
Okay, don't forget, we're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. You can also download the weekly official Colts podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts. This week, the big man, Colts center Ryan Kelly, talked about working with his fifth different starting quarterback in five consecutive seasons. We also had a one-on-one interview with offensive lineman Danny Pinter. He's going to be busy this season. He's in line to possibly take over at right guard. Rick Venturi, we love the coach. He returned on inside football to give his thoughts on the Colts' move so far this offseason and this, this upcoming draft. Our Inside the Draft series continued as well. We have a chat with Rick Saratella, the NFL Draft Analyst and NFL Draft Bible and with Sports Illustrated. You can check uh, those podcasts out right now on Colts.com, Colts mobile app, and the Colts Audio Network. Anywhere you download your podcast, it is there. Let's get to Safan Gilmore, the newest signing of the Colts. Matt Taylor, Casey Vallier, J.J. Stankovitz, senior writer at Colts.com. They sat down and talked with Stefan earlier this week after he signed his contract in Indianapolis. Gilmore leads off with why he chose the Colts, this free agency. I think um, with me coming to visit last week, um, you know, that just put icing on the cake. Um, you know, just meeting the coaches and um, meeting um, Chris and just, you know, coming in the facility and just being comfortable, you know, talking to the family also and the team that they have, you know, um, I see the talent on this team and I see the potential that can be gained. And, and I just wanted to come in and, and be successful in my own role. And, and, and I was happy with that. You, you mentioned the talent on the team. Your first year in New England, you spent a little bit of time with Kenny Moore II when he was an undrafted free yeah. agent. Have you followed his career since then? And what excites you about teaming back up with him? Yeah, it's crazy. I was just texting him the other day, just like, you know, when Kenny came out, he was undrafted. You know, we had – he was deep in the secondary um, in New England. And then, like, who was this Kenny Moore kid? He's he balling too. Like, and, you know, I just knew he was going to be successful just seeing him, you know, his worth ethic as soon as he got in the league. And I'm not surprised the career he having. Um, you know, just seeing him from day one. And he, he's, keep, he's staying hungry, and I'm excited for him. I'm excited to suit up with him. Now, this is the second time you've kind of entered that free agency window. The first time, you know, early on. This time you took some time, you know, to really kind of weigh through your options. What was this period like compared to that first time during free agency? The first time I was, like you say, it was the, the first day um, I was off the board. You know, this time was a little different. You know, I kind of wanted to, you know, weigh my options, you know, and, you know, see what's the right fit for me and my family. So, um and I felt like this was the right situation, you know, and um, I'm just looking forward to it. You know, um, like I said, I met the coaches last week, you know, talking over schemes and stuff like that. So I'm just excited to be in this opportunity. Indeed. Stephon Gilmore is our guest. What about this defense? What about Gus Bradley and his scheme um, makes you a good fit here mm-hmm. in Indianapolis? I just think, um, you know, it's more of a lineup and play defense, you know, and I think, you know, as long as the guys are on the right page together, I think we can be successful, you know. So, um, you know, as long as I know what I'm doing, you know, my my thing is off. I, w- I want to know what the offense is doing. Right. You know, so um, if I know what I'm doing, I know what the offense is doing. My, my job is going to be easy, so I'm looking forward to it. You you talked a lot in your career about building up that trust with your teammates and, and how important that is. Yeah. What what are you looking for over the next couple of weeks, months of building up that trust with some of the other guys in the back end? Yeah, it's, it's trust is very important. You know, um, I know I don't like talking in the past, but I think 
uh, my experience, uh, when you have trust, you know, you, you, you like you're free. So I think building that trust is very important um, to for all of us to be successful. It's a team effort. And um, as long as we have that, I think we're going to be on the right track. Now, one of the things that you have that you bring over is is experience in a Super Bowl. You've won a Super Bowl here. What can you help, you know, some of those younger guys, you know, show from, from that experience? I just think, um, you know, it's, it's not easy, obviously, but I think, you know, you have to work at it. You have to, day in and day out, you have to do extra. You have to, you know, outwork the other team, you know, outstudy them, outprepare them, and, you know, that's how you become great. It's not easy. So I'm just going to try to lead by example and, and let everyone see my work ethic and mm-hmm. try to bring people on and, um, you know, and go from there. Colts cornerback Stephon Gilmore is in studio with us coming over in free agency. You were the defensive player of the year in the NFL in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, you've made the Pro Bowl five out of the last six seasons. Um, very consistent player, obviously. Where does that consistency come from for you? How have you been able to develop in just a, a very – Sol- I mean, above average player that, that brings it and everybody knows you're going to play at a high level every year. I just think uh, one thing that I always learned is, you know, forgetting about the last season. You know, you got to prove yourself every season. And I always, you know, took that mindset um, each and every year, whether it's from college to mm-hmm. pros. And I think um, with that mindset, you know, it allows me to work hard each and every year and, um, you know, prove myself each and every year because nobody cares what happened you know, last year and the year before. So you got to do it every year. So that's what matters. When you think about all the the hours you put into film study, you mentioned like you want to know what the offense is doing and and you want to know, you know, this formation, this two by two formation, you got a wide receiver who's going to run this route when he does this little thing. Like, do you think people understand how much goes into that sometimes? You know, I wish I knew what I knew now when I was 22, 21. Same. Same. You know, we can all say that, but it's so true, you know. <laughs> um, you know, it make your job so much easier when you know what the offense is doing. You know how they're going to attack you, and you know, um, you know, and and not with that, if your other teammates is on the same page, also, so right. it just allow all of us to play well as a, as a whole. So, um, you know, that's very important. You know, I think it's more than seventy percent of the job is, is knowing what the other team is doing. Did, did you have someone when you were early on in your career who kind of set that example for you, and, and do you feel like you can now be that guy to set that example for some of the young guys here? I think um, early in my career, I, I didn't really have. I think I learned as I kept playing, and I worked hard, and I studied. Yeah. And um, probably when I got to New England and, you know, Planning big games and learning from those guys over there, and you know, I got smarter and smarter and knew how to prepare more and study. And then I had guys around me that was veteran guys that helped me out a lot. So I think I can be, you know, um, that guy for uh, my teammates and try to help them become, you know, elite players and, and make plays. And and you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, coming over here to the Colts, you're going to be asked to do a lot of things, just like you would be in any defense, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be a zone, press man, a little bit of hybrid, mm-hmm. um, you know, cover cover one, cover three, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I just love asking guys that are, you know, at the highest of, of levels at their position in the NFL because I, we, we will never understand that. When yeah. you when you are able to shut down half of the field and shut down elite receivers, like what, what kind of high does that give you during the course of a game knowing you just sh- shut down this guy that went for, you know, 10 for 120 the week before? You know, I think of it like, um, you know, because when I'm out there, I try to, 
you know, take it one play at a time because, you know, at corner, you know, it can only take one play. He sure. Can, you know, he can right. go. So I try to forget about the previous play, learn from it, and move on. So, um, you know, I just try to limit it as much as I can, and that starts with preparation during mm-hmm. the week. So, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's fun, you know, because – when you're on, when you're on the best guy, sometimes you you know the ball's coming your way, so you you, you know you go get an opportunity. So that's how I look at it. How, how well do you know Darius Leonard? I know him pretty well. We um touch bases a lot um since he's like been a Pro Bowls, yeah, Pro Bowls, <laughs> and um you know just seeing him coming from he's from South Carolina, yeah. coming from sure. South Carolina yeah. State. You know, I'm from <laughs> South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always good to see guys represent the state like that, and um you know he's a a guy that earned it, mm-hmm. you know, been through a, a lot with his career, but, you know, was able to um, play at the highest, the highest level. So I'm looking forward to that opportunity of playing with him also. Indeed. Well, yeah. it's exciting to have you here. I know, you know, all of Colts Nation, very pumped up to have you in the fold. You've played uh, in Buffalo. You've mm-hmm. played in New England. Now you get to play inside inside Lucas Oil Stadium. What do you think about that? I'm excited. Um, the last time I played here was uh, my rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the last time I played here, and obviously I came here to the combine. But right. I remember playing against Reggie Wayne, uh, our rookie here. Um, <laughs> now he's one of your coaches. Yeah, <laughs> now he's yeah, on the yeah, coaching yeah, staff. Yeah. Um, so it's going. I'm, I'm excited, you know, just to see the um, atmosphere and um, just make plays and sure, um, it's going to be good. Indeed, yeah. Stefan Gilmore yeah. has been our guest. Many thanks for the time. It's great to meet you. Mm. Best of luck in the off season workout program, and uh, we'll see you in the summer. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mate, what do you think of the young man? He is, as you heard, he is soft-spoken. He's measured, but, man, he's thoughtful. He's very intelligent. And this is exciting because you can see just the way he carries himself. He brings that leadership, but he also has that swagger about him as well. And it's it's a good swag. It's a confidence about him knowing he can play, and it's exciting knowing what he can do to this Colts defense and add a little bit of stability in the secondary. As we said, that's been something that they're trying to marry to the strengths of the defense already, right? They've been really good at stopping the run, elite at taking the ball away. Now if they can get better stopping the pass, this defense can be really, really elite next season. He plays 16 games. This defense is nasty. And it I hope, always comes well, I hope down he to plays 17 games there, Jeff. Well, I, actually, yeah, you're right, 17. <laughs> I beg your pardon there. But uh, you're absolutely right. But you know what I'm saying. Guys like that, superstars like that, former defensive players of the year, health is everything with these guys, north of 30. He stays healthy. We are a nasty defense. You can book that. we got a quick timeout coming up. We're going to give you the Forum Credit Union question of the week regarding Gilmore's place in NFL history. I'm telling you, big takeaway day. We're talking a lot of cornerbacks and a lot of Stephon Gilmore. NFL receivers, they're holding out across the league. They want trades. And watch this. The USFL, Mate, they have some interesting spins on the game of football. And will we see some of those spins in the NFL soon? Ooh, more to come. This is the last word. 93.5-1075, the fan. We talk Colts football every Friday on The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Welcome back to The Last Word. Great weekend, Mate. You're getting ready for the big race. Are you already waiting outside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway behind the fence in your lawn chairs just looking at some guys run a few practice runs and see if their, uh, what are they called, their uh, defibrillators are working good on those cars? Well, they did have they did, they did did have testing out there earlier this week. So I'm so saying. I, I thought you'd be out there with the family. You know uh, well, what I'm saying? My, my, my in-laws, who are gigantic uh, IndyCar fans, they yeah, were yeah, absolutely yeah. out there, and they waited through all 
all the uh, you know the, the yellow lights, if you will, and some of the crashes out there. They stayed for the whole thing, so I did not make it out there. But you can sense on the calendar, Jeffrey, with the with the draft next weekend, and then yes. after that, guess what? It's the month of May, so it's creeping here closer and closer. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. You can see him on Carb Day. He'll have a uh, he'll he'll cut off a T-shirt. He'll have his midsection out. He's got a pair of cut-off jeans on and maybe some Birkenstocks. And it's like uh, you know your favorite beverage in your hand. Are you still doing that, Matt Taylor? Are you family man now? Well, don't you don't you just love the fact that Carb Day? Like when you go out to this speedway, anything goes, Jeffrey. There's there's no judgment. There's no reservations. It's just like oh, you're walking down the middle of the infield. And it's like who's who's this girl bonging two beers on top of the van? It's like. Oh, that's yeah. just Jill from accounting. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, yeah, she had a hard time balancing the books this year. Yeah, she's she's earned it. You'll meet her. <laughs> she's earned it. I'm telling you, that's coming up, and that'll be fun. I don't know who's playing at Carb Day this year. Isn't somebody like Foreigner or something? Or It uh, is uh, Rick Rick Springfield is the Rick headliner Springfield. this year. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, Jesse's Girl about four times. It's going to be awesome. Get open with Jesse's Girl, <laughs> mid-set Jesse's Girl, and then finally the, On uh, your way the out. closer. Jesse's Girl, <laughs> give it to us again. Rick Springfield at Carb Day. Don't forget the, Indi- hey, the Indianapolis Colts. They've teamed up with Anthem, Blue Cross, and Blue Shield to recognize school teachers, administrators, nurses and staff members who go above and beyond for their students schools and communities nominate your classroom quarterback today check it out colts.com slash classroom quarterbacks time now mate for the forum credit union question of the week you have very very little chance to getting this one okay newly acquired Colts cornerback Stephon Gilmore, here we go. Put your thinking cap on. He was named the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year in 2019 while with the New England Patriots. That season, Gilmore became the first defensive back selected as the league's Defensive Player of the Year since whom? Who did it before him? Think about it. I guess we're calling him defensive back. Let's just say this. Stephon Gilmore is a set cornerback. We're talking about defensive backs here. Who is the last one to win Defensive Player of the Year? Oh, wow. Okay. Give me a hint. Like, how far back do I have to go? Like, five years, ten years? Grab a, just grab a brush. Just grab a brush and just just grab brush your brush. long, flowing locks before you put your helmet on. Oh, and you, oh. I was like, where, where are you going with this? Are we painting something here? A lot of hair. Just All think right. a lot of hair in the defensive backfield. And a game changer and a Hall of Famer and a guy go. who has his own – he has his own shampoo commercials now. <laughs> Great, great hints. Uh, layup after that. It's Troy Palomalu. That's right. Troy Palomalu, 2010 Defensive Player of the Year. Gilmore wow. also became Gil, – so watch this. Stephon Gilmore also became, as I said, Troy Palomalu, defensive back, goes as a safety. But Stephon Gilmore became only the sixth cornerback to win that award. 1975, Mel Blunt, a teammate of Tony Dungy. He did it in 75. Lester Hayes. A lot of old-timers got to remember Lester Hayes because he had stick em everywhere on his body. He was Defensive <laughs> Player of the Year. Rod Woodson from the Steelers. Don't forget the Purdue graduate, 1993. And in 94, back-to-back, Deion Sanders with the 49ers. He won Defensive Player of the Year. Charles Woodson, 2009. He did it before Troy Palomalu in 10. He was with the Green Bay Packers. He won Defensive Player of the Year. So, I'm telling you, we got a good one. Everybody's waiting for watching Stephon Gilmore. Will he be up on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium at the end of this season? That's what we're hoping for, Mate, making a difference that big. Yeah, it's mean, DeForest Buckner got up there in a year, right? Yes, I mean, he signed a couple-year deal, so no reason yes, why sir. a playmaker 
Can't make it up on the side of the building. There's no question about that, my man. All right, don't forget you can visit the Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com. You can interact with other fans online. Have some fun, will you? Go out there and have some fun. You can post a topic, participate in various discussions regarding your Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. Buckle up. It is time to bust out the grab bag. Let's close out the show. The NFL never sleeps. This is the NFL Grab Bag on The Last Word. The NFL Grab Bag brought to you by our friends at Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Indianapolis Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across this fine Midwest. Mayte wideouts galore. They're all holding out. Around the NFL, the offseason workouts have started and three of the league's top young receivers are looking for new deals. Let's start with 49er star Debo Samuel. He is saying, I want out of the Bay Area. And of course, everybody put him on a Colts roster immediately. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. I mean, he was, he was, he was penciled in. That's him. <laughs> Go get him. You got to trade for him. I'm just talking about Debo Samuel. I know he is a game changer. He's a running back. He's a wide receiver. I think he stays in the 49ers. There'll be a big hug coming up in a couple of days, and he'll be happy. A.J. Brown, also, he was a second-round pick from the Titans in 2019, as well as Debo Samuel, same year. And Terry McLaurin was a third-round selection that year as well. And all three of these players have one year remaining on their rookie contracts. They're in line for new deals. Mayte, they are holding out. Why? I think, I mean, it goes back to kind of what we talked about earlier because wide receivers this offseason, I mean, it's just it's exploding. Huge money with, you know, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Oof. Stephon Diggs. I mean, even Christian Kirk, the money he got from the Jaguars. Stupid money. Stupid right. money. I mean, Chris Godwin, the, the list kind of goes on and on. So I think a lot of teams around the NFL reacted to the playoffs and they said, we got to have big time talent at wide receiver to win big. And if we can get those guys, we got to pay to keep them or pay to obtain them. And I think the problem those young guys who are, again, as you said, still on their rookie deals are going to run into is that the draft is just – it's stocked full of talent at wide receiver every year. I mean, there's probably going to be 20 wide receivers go in the first three rounds. So any teams in the in the wideout market, they got away signing one of these guys with the prospect of drafting a receiver who would not yet command such huge numbers, uh, such big money – uh, on rookie contracts. That's it, absolutely. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, watch this. They're going nowhere. Those guys are game changers. They're on a rookie contract. They want more money. We get that. Their teams, their respective teams, Matt, are not going to let them go unless some team vests up and says, here's six draft choices for this one player, which right. is not going to happen. Let these guys sit out. Let them do what they do with their agents. That's fine. They're going to be the ones that are missing some of the uh, you know, the stuff that goes with team bonding and all that. I'm a big believer in that. I think I should walk in the locker room after a workout together in the offseason. I think it helps, especially if you're the quarterback. But, hey, these guys want more money. Money, their team's got to buck up, or they're, they're sitting out. I get it. How about this, Mate? Interesting rules in the new USFL. The reboot of that league is in full swing, and they have some rules that make the game of football more interesting. Tell me what you think. In addition to having the option of attempting a point after touchdown or a two-point conversion, teams can line up from the 10-yard line and go for three. What about overtime? You saw what they're doing there, Mate. Each team getting three shots in the end zone at the end zone from the two-yard line. The, it's overtime. Picture this. It's an overtime game. Both teams are getting three shots from the two-yard line. Whichever team reaches the pay dirt more, they're your winners. Watch this. Instead of onside kicks in the USFL, teams can try to convert a fourth and 12 play from their own 33-yard line. If they make it, they keep the ball. 
What do you think? I'm saying a fourth and 12 play. They need to get a first down. That goes down to the 21-yard line. Right. A new set of downs. Not bad. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, we're going to have to rewrite the rule books, but not bad. Watch, watch this. Most defensive pass interference calls will be 15 yards. That's it. It'll be a spot foul if the defender intentionally tackles right. a receiver beyond the 15 yards, though. But how about this? The league is also miking up 16 players per game and strapping a camera to a player on each team for use on the television broadcast. Will this ever make it to the NFL, Mate? Uh, I think a lot of these rules are fun and they're entertaining. And the NFL has acknowledged we're watching and we're going to be monitoring this to see how it goes. I mean, when it's all said and done, this is about entertainment and it's about excitement. I mean, the XFL 20 years ago had some good ideas. That's why the Skycam is still in existence today, right? I think if if some of these rules make the game more exciting and enjoyable, I'm all for it. I I really like the onside kick rule, that that fourth and 12 play. I think that's way more exciting and safer, by the way, than an onside kick, to be honest with you. I'm also on board with the pass interference rule. I don't like spot fouls unless it's intentional. I think spot fouls completely change the game in the NFL. So I like a lot of these rules on paper. We'll see how it goes. And again, I think if the NFL uh, can concede that this adds entertainment and enjoyment to the game, then we'll, we'll see if they trickle upward, if you will, from the USFL to the NFL. I, I really think each team will have their individual. I mean, they could really could do it with production the way it is right now. You could have your own you know, weekly series on your team leading up to that game with these players mic'd up at meetings, with these players mic'd up in the huddles on game day, with these players mic'd up on the sidelines, etc. And everybody wants that sort of access. And I think the NFL, one day, I'm not saying soon, soon, but in the next few years, they we are going to be, everybody's going to be mic'd up. There'll be mini cameras everywhere. Right. And those shows are going to get reproduced afterwards. And you can watch what led up to the victory, you know, four days <laughs> right. after that. I'm just right. saying, that is what we are going to see out of the NFL. So I like what the NFL is doing. I don't know if a lot of the rules are going to convert, but I do think some of them will. Mate, I had fun talking some ball with you, brother. I did too, man. Happy draft season because uh, next next Friday we will. Uh, yep, you, tell me, you, you and I, Rick Venturi, we're going to be at uh, Kilroy's in Broad Ripple from six thirty to seven, leading into second round coverage of the draft. And uh, again, as of right now, the Colts do not have a first round pick. They're picking forty two overall, so a couple of picks into the second round. So. We'll have fun talking drafts, so uh, come out and check us out on uh, on location, if you will, coming up next Friday at Kilroy's in Broad Ripple for a good time. Matey, passing out drink tickets at Kilroy's next week. Okay. <laughs> Could get All ugly. Right. That's dangerous just, now. Just that's just kind of like we're visiting IU Bloomington for uh, yeah, you know, it's gonna be one of those sort of deals. No, that's gonna be fun. We're gonna see you at Kilroy's. Don't forget all the latest information on what's happening in the Colts world can be found at Colts.com. Don't forget to download the Colts app. This is the last word on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. My name is Goreman, and for Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, a lot of fun. Matey have a great weekend. Coming up next right here on ESPN Radio, it's Spain and Fitz.